Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Have you ever been trolled before on social media? You ever post something on Instagram or for all of us like over 30 crowd, it's Facebook. Um, and, and when you post something and you get trolled, you know, somebody basically makes some like aggressive off topic comment that just fires you up on the inside. Uh, that happened to me this week, actually. Um, but here's the funny thing about the troll that happened this week is it wasn't real. It happened in a dream. And, um, <laughs> and so here's the dream. Here's what happened. So it was a Sunday. felt a lot alike today. A Sunday, and I'm backstage, and um, uh, the worship's going on, and I am just going. Th- I've got all this anxiousness in me because my message isn't done. And I'm like cramming, like trying to get everything done. I, I know you don't quite know how it feels, but let's say you had a big project that you had to present at work and um, like massive project and people were gonna be watching you and stuff like that. And you would hope that you would have that prepared ahead of time. So when you go in, like you're confident in what you got, but just imagine like five minutes before you had to walk out and like half of your presentation is done and the other half isn't. And so I'm, I'm dealing with all this anxiety. Now this is a dream, anxiety in backstage um, right before I have to go out to, um, to, to share the message. And um, not only am I dealing with all this anxiety because my message isn't done, um, but I can't get my outfit right. Uh, <laughs> anybody ever like um, try on like 10 different outfits at home and you can't get the right outfit and you're like throwing them all over the room because you're in a hurry and you got to find the right thing to wear. And so... Um, why I'm doing that backstage, I have no idea, but it's a dream, folks, so just, just go with me. But um, So I'm backstage, and um, because I'm just flustered and I'm not ready, Andrea comes up, and she does the, the offering talk, and I'm whispering to Andrea from the door that's backstage saying, stretch the time, stretch the time. And so, so then Andrea um, starts giving women's ministry announcements, and we do this like super awkward five-minute meet and greet where she has everybody stand up and you go walk around the room. And it was just like, I mean, I don't know if you can feel my anxiety, but it was, it was there. And then the dream does what all dreams do. It has this weird like shift to a different element that makes no sense whatsoever. And I go straight from like backstage moment to making a post on social media about my experience that had happened um, that day. And some like Yahoo on social media decides that they want to comment about my anxiety and talking about how I need to be a better manager of my time. <laughs> you think? Maybe? And, uh, and so at 3 a.m., I wake up and I'm angry, I'm ticked off, and I'm anxious. And I tell you what, I I don't know about you, that was a dream for me, but at the end of the day, like, none of us really enjoy um, 
people speaking or complaining or criticizing our life who have not had a whole lot of investment in our life. Anybody agree? Anybody agree with that? But what about those that have? What about those that have had a lot of investment in our life? When they speak into our life and when they confront some things, what do we do? Most times we kind of sit up and we listen because we trust them enough that we understand that whatever it is that they are speaking into our lives, right, could have a big impact in our lives. And today we're going to be looking at Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it's one of those moments with Paul and these new believers in T-Town that he wants to share a little bit, almost like a warning of how they need to live their life so that they can have the kind of impact that God wants to do in their life. Hey, welcome to uh, week six of our Space Between uh, series where we've been learning what it looks like to thrive um, in the space between now and the time that Jesus comes back. Anybody excited for Jesus coming back? And, um, and so today I wanna, I wanna talk from this title, Choose the Hard Yes. Choose the hard yes. Hey, turn to three people. Say, choose the hard yes. Go on, choose the hard yes. Hey, if you're jumping into uh, this series with us for the first time, uh, we've been on this um, journey through the summer, through First and Second Thessalonians. And um, this is two letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to uh, really a young church, uh, a church that maybe less than a year that he had, he had dropped into um, T-Town and had, had done some, some sermons and some teachings, and, and these people had turned their life over to Jesus. But they're new believers, and like any new believers, really any of us, we do some things right, but there are some things that we could do better, right? And there are some things that we do wrong. And so, so Paul has taken this moment, and what we're going to talk about today He's taken this moment to really warn these new believers about something that really has the potential to do damage in their life and to keep them from experiencing God's best for their life. And so I want us to look at that today. Um, <clears throat> five short words that I think could have a significant impact in our life. Take a look with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Um, probably going to hear the ooze as soon as we look at it on the screen. But verse 19, he writes this to these new believers, do not quench the spirit. He tells them, do not quench the spirit. Now this word quench in the original language means to extinguish, right? To put out. I mean, did you, did you have any idea, did you know that based off the decisions that you make in your life and the way that you live your life, that you have the ability to extinguish the Spirit's activity in your life. I don't know about you, but that's a little unsettling uh, to me. And here's why, is because the Holy Spirit has a role to play in all of our lives. The role that he plays is to guide us from our worst to God's best. 
to guide you and I in our life from our worst, I don't know about you, but I got some bad stuff in the rear view mirror of my life, to guide me from my worst to God's best in our life. Anybody want God's best in your life? Like, so what, what do we do that quenches that? What do we do that quenches his spirit? What do we do that keeps us from God's best? I think we could boil it down in scripture. There's a whole lot of different, different things that we can navigate through of things that we could do wrong, things that we could do right. But at the end of the day, they all fall underneath this umbrella word and none of us are gonna like it, but it's the word disobedience. Disobedience. It's choosing to say no when we should be saying yes. Now, here's what it looks like in the life of an unbeliever. For an unbeliever, the way that they quench the spirit in their life is that they resist the spirit's drawing. Now, with this word quench, meaning extinguish, um, I had an idea of, of building a fire up here on the platform. And my thinking was um, that I would have Commander John Hurley, who led Royal Rangers for 30 plus years, who knows, I mean, that dude could go into the backwoods and survive with nothing. And um, my thought is I'd have J uh, Commander John come up and help me build a fire. And then I was thinking that... Um, that uh, I'd have a, a fire extinguisher and I would manipulate the fire extinguisher to make the fire go up and down. And um, I'd have my man Jay Grant, who's a firefighter, be here just to make sure if it got out of control, we'd be good. And, um, and, then, and then I thought I'd have my man uh, Mylon Peters, who's a paramedic, to be on standby just in case somebody got injured along the way. And, um, and so I had this like real cool like idea of doing all that kind of stuff. And then Andrea was like, no. <laughs> She's like, you do that, I'm gonna extinguish you. No. And, um, and so um, I have a backup illustration. So if you don't like this illustration, blame her. Um, <laughs> but I want you to imagine this hose representing our life. Right, And so what happens in the life of the unbeliever is that the Holy Spirit is present and actively working in our lives to try to attach our life, the hose, to the faucet, right, so that the flow of God's presence can flow through our lives. So in the in the unbeliever's life, the role of the Holy Spirit is to, to draw. The, whole, the role of the Holy Spirit is to draw towards salvation in Christ. And if you're anything like me, you've spent a lot of time in life. I, you know, there's a lot of people in here that have accepted Christ. Maybe there's some that haven't. But we spend a lot of time trying to like pull ourselves away from the faucet, Right? While the whole time, the Holy Spirit is doing things to kind of pull us back to the faucet because his desire is to attach us to the very thing 
will make the kind of impact in our life where we can trade our worst for God's best. Now, here's where we see that in Scripture. Look with me. Jesus said this in uh, John chapter 6, verse 44. He says, for no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me does what? Draws them to me. Who's the one doing the drawing? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that's doing the drawing. And now, what I find interesting about this verse, that if you dig into the original language of John 6, 44, to the word draw, here's what it means. It means to drag. Are you connecting the dots? Isn't that cool? Like, we spend so much of our life trying to get away from the faucet. And God says that through the power of the Holy Spirit in, my li- in our life, I'm trying to drag you back to the place that's going to bring the most life, that's going to be the best for your life, because you could spend all your life chasing after a bunch of other faucets, right? But this is the only faucet that's going to change your life. This is the only faucet that's going to help you restore your marriage, to help get you freedom from the addiction. This is the only faucet. And so many of us spend way too much of our lives attaching ourselves to all these faucets, thinking that that's going to fulfill us and make us happy, right? And then we spend time there and and we end up with this shattered life, right? Right? All the while, the Holy Spirit just keeps yanking on our hose. So I, you felt it. Even if you're saved in this room, you felt it. Like I'm 47 now, and when I look back over the course of my life, I accepted Christ when I was 20. Many of you know my story. I didn't grow up in church. Like parents were drug addicts, all that kind of stuff. I kind of had my own journey with that. I didn't get saved until I was 20. But now, in hindsight, as I look back, I see all of these moments in my life of God, the Holy Spirit, yanking on my hose to get me to the faucet. Why? Because he loves me and he wants the best for me. I think about, I think about when I was a kid and I think about my grandparents How many grandparents in the room? Yeah, two, three, yeah. Let's go, grandparents. I love grandparents because I get to send my kids to them and go on vacation and I don't have to deal with anything. I love it. But I think about my grandparents and how they would, when I was living with them, how they would take me to Sunday school, right? They would take me to church from time to time. I think about... Um, and that, and that, those were moments that the Holy Spirit was yanking on my hose that I may be in the, in the worst condition at home with parents and the way that they're living their lives, but I get into an atmosphere of people that love me and want the best for me that will do whatever they got to do to get me in the house of God. And that is the Holy Spirit yanking on my hose as a little kid, trying to show me that there is a better way. The Holy Spirit was yanking on my hose when my dad got saved when he was 12. When he was 12. When I was 12. You're like, dang, he, would, he did a whole lot of stuff in his life from, from 1 to 12. And that was the Holy Spirit yanking. I think of 
like in high school, I had this dream of sports and we all have dreams of sports and whatever. But my whole life revolved around that dream. And so then when I started to get injury after injury after injury that, that robbed me of that dream, the way that I interpret that as somebody that's not following the Lord is, God, you, you like took what I love away from me and I hate you. But what was happening was that the Holy Spirit knew where that dream would lead me in my life. And so he's willing to allow me to experience a little bit of pain of yanking on the hose to get me closer to the faucet. I think of when I changed my major, when I graduated, um, when I graduated from high school and I was planning on going to East Carolina University and had already had my dorm set up, I had already had the contacts that I needed for, for selling stuff and all that kind of, had it all figured out. And two weeks before that, I went to um, my parents' house, my dad and stepmom, who were following the Lord now, just a great um, role models. And I met up with a friend and we went to church and to meet a couple girls. And I decided I was gonna snort some Ritalin on the way, like, hey, awesome. And so I gave my heart to the Lord at the service. And it wasn't really like something that changed my life, but it changed my direction. And I ended up changing from East Carolina to going to Lee University. And I, I, I ended up getting back into the world and doing all that kind of stuff. But it got me, it was a yanking of the Holy Spirit that was getting me closer to the faucet. Now, I don't know about you, but I've, I've noticed this about God is that throughout my life, that even though I didn't want anything to do with him, that he wanted everything to do with me. And he was willing to allow me to experience some discomfort, to experience some, some broken and shattered dreams in order to yank on the hose of my life to get me closer to the faucet that would be the best for my life. And I don't know I don't know where you are in your journey with the Lord today. And maybe you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, or maybe you're watching online, or maybe you're listening to the podcast, or maybe you're catching some reel later on social media. You've got to know that the fact that you are listening to this today means that the Holy Spirit is yanking on your hose because there's more inside of you than you realize that God created you, that there is a best for your life and only God can provide that. And it can only come through being connected to the faucet of God's spirit. And so as an unbeliever, how do we stop, stop quenching the spirit in our life? We quit resisting. We quit resisting the tug and the yanking so that that God can trade our worst for his best. But not only does the Holy Spirit draw unbelievers to the faucet of salvation, but, but he also tries to guide believers, right, to God's best for their life. As a believer, the way that we quench the Spirit in our life is we refuse his direction. We refuse it. 
It looks something kind of like this, you know, the, the Holy Spirit's role in our life as a believer. So imagine, imagine your hose is already connected to the faucet, right? And so the role of the Holy Spirit in our life as a believer is to bring transformation in our life that is really a lifetime journey to conform us so that we become more like Christ. And so the way that we quench the spirit when we are a believer is we refuse the process, the direction that he tries to lead us on to create that. Now, all of us kind of know that when we're washing the car or doing something like that at home, and we have no way to stop the flow of water, what do we do? We kink the hose, right? We kind of grab it and, 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 and we do this kind of number right here in order to stop the flow of water to whatever the destination is. Now, here's what that looks like in our life as believers, is that when we choose to say no, when the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us in a certain direction, our decision to say no ultimately is us putting a kink in our hose. It's us beginning to stop the flow of God's Spirit in our lives. And here's what ends up happening with that, is that the more kinks that we put in our hose, the more that we start blaming God that this side of our life doesn't look the way that he promised it would look. And we wonder, like, why does our life, like, have so many kinks in it, right? And what happens when we kink the hose is, one, the water stops flowing, and two, we create damage. If you look at this hose, there's damage all along the hose because it's been kinked time and time again. And the process of the Holy Spirit in our life is that he wants to try to release these kinks in order to create a better flow of his spirit in our life. Now, if you're anything like me, your hose has a lot of kinks in it. And the more kinks that we have, the more times that we've said no to the Holy Spirit's promptings, right? The more times that we've done that, the more damage that we've created in our life. And listen, at some point in our life, we can release the kink, but we still have to deal with the damage that it's left in the hose. And the more kinks that we have in the hose of our life, the more intentionality it takes for us to allow the Holy Spirit to do an inner work, an inner healing in our life so that we can find the kind of freedom in our life so that our yesterdays no longer determine our tomorrows. You know, one of the things that I believe regarding the Bible is that it has to be, it has to be the most confrontational book ever written. It does, because it confronts the part in you and I that want to be our own God. It confronts the part in us that thinks that we know what's right, and we know what's wrong, and we know what's best. I mean, think about it. Despite the years of mistakes that, 
that we have that have caused um, kink after kink after kink and damage after damage after damage in our hose of life, we still trust ourselves more than we trust God. And it's insane to me. Like, we have all this devastation in the rearview mirror of our life, and we still think that we know what's best. And if, I, if we're really honest with ourselves, that's, that's what sin does in our life. That it convinces us to blame everybody else for the devastation that we caused by trying to be our own God. And the Holy Spirit, like, the Holy Spirit confronts that in our life. And the reason why you and I have to, to see that confrontation as a good thing is because confrontation from the Holy Spirit is an invitation to something better. That anytime the Holy Spirit confronts something we're doing in our life, decisions that we're making, the path that we're going down, it's always an invitation to something better. Friend, when we refuse that confrontation, guess what happens? We end up quenching the spirit in our life and stopping the flow of God. I mean, we see it all over culture today. Culture today tells us that we can pick and choose what's right and wrong based upon our feelings or our political ideologies, right? And the problem with that is that culture is constantly changing. So right and wrong become a moving target that we struggle to ever hit in our life. And that's probably why Solomon said in Proverbs 14, 12, that there is a way that appears to be right. There's a way in our mind when we try to rationalize it, try to look at the the landscape of culture and the pressure of all that kind of stuff, that there is a... There is a way that appears to be right, and Solomon says, but in the end, it leads to death. Now, obviously, this kind of death can be a physical death, but he's speaking here about a slow spiritual death, a kind of slow spiritual death that manifests itself with this kind of dull, dry passionless, powerless, direction, directionless faith that ultimately robs you and me of everything that Jesus died to give us. So how do we keep, how do we keep from experiencing that slow spiritual death? It's, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's the word obedience. To be obedient. Instead of being disobedient and saying no to the things that the Holy Spirit is prompting us to do in our lives, it's choosing to say yes. You see, I would define obedience as this, choosing the hard yes over the easy no. Choosing the hard yes over the easy no. 
I mean, that's one thing about our spiritual journey and following Jesus is that it's not easy to push against culture. It's not, it's not easy to make decisions that other people look down on or, or hate us for. That as a teenager, it's not easy to make the kind of decisions that all the peer pressure is trying to, to get you to do the other things and to go the other direction. But the only way that we have a life with less kinks, the only way that we release the kinks even in our own life and allow the Spirit of God to flow through our life in such a way that we can experience His best for our life is to choose the hard yes instead of the easy no. And what has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you the last couple of weeks? What has the Holy Spirit been stirring in your heart? What's the decisions that you've been making that you know, like, it's like you know that they may be okay, but they're not the best for you. Maybe it's been holding on to a grudge or unforgiveness. Maybe it's a lack of discipline of getting into the word, a lack of discipline of coming to church or a lack of, of trusting him in whatever area of our life. Like what has the Holy Spirit been yanking on you about in your life. And instead of choosing the hard yes, you've been choosing the easy no. And you struggle and you wonder why life isn't getting better and why your relationship with him is dull and passionless and lacks direction and purpose. It's because we've been choosing the easy no and start of the hard yes. You know, I think we all have to understand that God is not breaking his promises in our life, that he's actually moving at the speed of our obedience. And the quicker that we say yes, the less hesitation, the quicker God can move in our lives. Listen, many of you look at a hose like this with all the kinks in it. Your life is all twisted and it's out of shape and you question whether or not God can use you, whether life can be any different than this. And this is, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit would tell you today. There's no kink that a hard yes can't read prayer. There's no kink that a hard yes can't repair. Friend, choose the hard yes. 
Choose the hard yes and watch what God does in your life. I stand up here as a testimony of not getting it perfect, but being courageous enough to say yes. And I'm telling you, and you hear this scripture all the time from me because it's just such a part of my life that God wants to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or think. That is my testimony because I was willing to do the hard yes and that could be your testimony. Push away the easy, do the hard and watch what God will do. Would you bow your head with me today? There's been a question that's been on my heart lately and you've probably noticed me ask it of you in this moment. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message today? With every head bowed and eye closed in the stillness of this moment, ask him, Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Maybe you're here and you're thinking, I don't even know how to hear the Holy Spirit and all of that. Listen, he'll find a way. He'll impress something on your heart. He'll give you a verse this week. There'll be something inside of you that you can't shake. Like he'll find a way. If you'll just be open and surrendered enough to say, Holy Spirit, what? are you saying to me? Father, today as we stand before you, God, help us to get a glimpse of what our life could look like if we were willing to do the hard yes. Lord, help us to see outside of the fog that we're presently in. Help us to see beyond the kinks in our life. Father, I pray that in this moment, that Lord, as you speak to us in this moment, that you would give us the courage. Guys, go ahead and and pray that to the Lord. Whatever he's deposited into your heart as far as whatever that, that hard yes is that he's, been, that he's been talking to you, whispering to you about over the last several weeks or months, whatever that is, it's probably making your hands sweat, your heart race, but say this, Holy Spirit, give me the courage. Give me the courage. Because friend, know this, that he doesn't reveal what he doesn't empower you to do. There's power through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life to do everything that he calls us to do. Lord, speak to us today. Give us the courage. May we be willing to say yes, no matter how hard it is and how difficult it is, God, so that we could experience all 
that you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.